You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today... We got really nothing to talk about because there is no college football game this weekend for AM. Instead, let's do an Ask an Aggies Day. Let's answer some questions about the basketball program. Let's answer some questions about the you know college football realm. Let's answer some questions about the future of the organization. All that stuff. I got a couple questions that I want to get through. A couple more that recently came in. So let's go ahead. Line B. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, tell me what you want to hear, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Asking Aggies time, I'm going to start with this first question. It's going to take the entire segment. I'm just going to give you a heads up right now. This is going to take the entire segment of this question because of the, I have a lot to say about this question. Came from a buddy of mine saying if this COVID-19 year was already so in the mix, would you recommend an eight-team playoff? And more on top of that, who would be your eight teams? Yes. Not even a question. I don't have to go much further into it. An eight-team playoff is the only fair way for this season. The reasoning why is games are being canceled left and right. It doesn't matter if you're in the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12. It doesn't matter. Games are still being canceled. When games get canceled, it takes away from the resume. Again, we're talking about an Ohio State team that likely is going to be in the college football playoff this season. Do they deserve it? At 5-0? and I don't know. I can tell you right now that outside of their one game against Indiana, they were one of the best offenses to watch. Justin Fields was 15-0 passing. But then we can say on the flip side that because Kellen Mond has had a few shortcomings in the passing game, a few 100-yard passing games, but the defense really has stepped up. Isn't the term defense wins you championships? That's what I view this as. I also look at that game that was going to be so crucial. I said after about week three, when Auburn started struggling, I was like, nope, Auburn's not it. Auburn's not going to beat the Aggies. They're not. Ole Miss might because of how well their offense is functioning under Lane Kiffin. And that would have been a really fun game to see because of here's the deal. Both these offenses can put up points. The difference is, is that Ole Miss's defense can't stop a dang wet towel crawling through their front lines. They'd be afraid to stop that. And the playoff committee is going to sit here and say, oh, well, A&M hasn't played anybody or A&M's offense hasn't done anything. This would have been the game. High-tempo offense versus high-tempo offense. Instead, this game is likely going to be canceled. Instead, you're going to see the game between Tennessee, which I believe should have been the one that was canceled. Because in-division games are so much more important than in-conference games. I would have made that sure that this game was the one that we readjusted. Because this was the game that we needed. We're gonna so, yes, to me, I would actually expand the playoffs. Only for the sheer fact of there's not games being played this year. 
you will have teams that go to bowl games if they don't self-ban themselves like LSU did or like how Boston College is opting out this year because of the stress and wear and tear on the bodies. You'll have teams with losing records in bowl games. You will also have teams with records that are, you know, 500, 5 and 5, 3 and 3, 4 and 2. I mean, you'll see that. So, there's no real storyline for me other than this is the one year where everyone talks about let's just expand to eight teams. Make sure all the Power 5 schools are represented, one at large and two at bits. Let's make that happen. And I think that that would be a good idea. In 2020, it would. Because I think that you have to consider all that. Now, the question is, who would be the teams that I would put in to the college football playoff if there were eight teams? Naturally, it'd be the first three. I would go with your divisional winners. So, off the bat, I think Alabama's going to win. I think that Clemson is going to beat Notre Dame with Trevor Lawrence. And because of it, Ohio State. So, they're all in. My number four seed would be this for this reason alone. But I would give it to USC because they are going to probably win the Pac-12. They are winning their conference, and they are undefeated. We forget about USC a lot because of they play one in the Pac-12. Nobody cares about it. And number two, they're kind of just irrelevant without having a big-time coach. I mean, you have to really think about this. They've only had, they're going to finish 5-0 on the year, more than likely, with this UCLA game. They had two games where they went down to the wire with ASU and Arizona. They'd creamed Utah. They got a convincing win over Washington State. My bad. But Kelton Slovis has just been so quiet, but he's been good. I mean, 1200, over 1,200 passing yards, a 72.3% completion rating, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions on the year. He's a 5-1 to touchdown-interception ratio. Those are good numbers. The defense has made some good stops against actual teams that I thought were going to be a little bit more competitive this year, but weren't in Washington State and in Utah. But if you're undefeated and you win your division, and I can't say Ohio State getting that three seed is fair over anyone else because of, let's be real, same conversation. They're at least going to be under, they're going to be 5-0 and with a conference win. So both will be 5-0, and conference win, I put them in. That doesn't mean that they're going to beat anybody, but you have to consider that. Next, what I would do is I would go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame right now is 10-0. They're going to probably finish 11-0, and then they'll be 11-1 to close out the year. I mean, they're going to finish 10-0. They're going to be 10-1 to close out the year. They're going to be the same as Clemson, but Clemson gets the championship. You got to give it to them. Number six, I'd go A&M. A&M, because here's why. If Florida plays, Florida wins this week. They go 9-1 on the year. They'll be 9-1 to close out the season against... SEC opponents, but they'll finish 9-2 and on the year because they'll lose to Alabama, who will finish 10-0 and on the year and 11-0 with the SEC title. So I got to give it to them. They would get the bid over Florida because Florida would have two losses. So they'd be the sixth seed. The seventh seed is where things get complicated. I have to include someone from outside the realm of the Power 5 schools. Is this where I do it or do I wait? I would wait, and I would put Indiana in at number seven. I'd put Indiana in at number seven for the sheer fact that they're the only team that has three wins 
over top 15 opponents this year. Their one loss is to a top 10 opponent. They have three wins over top 25 opponents. Nobody else has that. That's why you put them in. They're a fun team. They're hardworking. They got gypped out of the college football playoff and the Big Ten conversation this year. I'd put them in. So my last team would have to be probably an at-large bid. And for that reason, I would put Cincinnati in. Cincinnati is going to finish 9-0. They're going to win the AAC. You can justifiably say that their record at 9-0 is better than the two losses that Florida will have. One coming to A&M, a team that would be in the playoffs. The other coming to Alabama, a team that would be in the playoffs. They're better than Georgia, who likely will finish at 7-2 um, or 8-2 on the year. And Miami was a really close one. I really want to consider, consider Derek King. But if I'm going to be honest, conference championship matters. Iowa State will finish with two losses on the year. Oklahoma will finish with two losses, if not three losses on the year. And Coastal Carolina, they're in the Sun Belt. They're not really playing anybody. Their biggest win was against Louisiana and BYU. Cincinnati has the exact same thing, and the AAC has been more profitable in these bigger games. Look at UCF, look at Houston, look at the record and the track record of these schools. I would recommend saying that these that would be the team in. After that, here would be the, here's how the playoffs would go. You'd have number one, Alabama versus Cincinnati. Number two, Cle, uh, Clemson versus number seven, Indiana. Number three, Ohio State versus number six, Texas A&M. Exactly what the fans want. And number four, USC versus number five, Notre Dame. This was a matchup that everyone wanted to see this season. It didn't happen because of the Pac-12 rules. Because of uh, Notre Dame went into you know their the independent they went from an independent to the ACC. So that's why Notre Dame, USC, four and five. I would do that every single time. Conferences are represented. Whatever your records are, teams that are deserving are represented. Whatever your records are, and you have teams with one losses battling it out. And undefeated teams that deserve a shot, such as Cincinnati, to get in. I think that's a fair point. Let's see what happens. This one is the one year you could do it. And AM would 100% be in that conversation. Whether it be AM is the 7th seed, the 5th seed, the 4th seed, the 8th seed, they're in the conversation. They have to be. Because they will have one loss when this season's over. They may be 8 and 1. But they'll have one loss, and that loss came to the team that is undefeated in the SEC. That's their only loss. You have to consider them at some point, somewhere. Guys, with the holiday season coming around, you know what's the best gift to give your loved ones? Quiet and relaxation. I promise you, they will love that more than any other gift. Because the way the world is acting today, you always feel like you're on the go, go, go. With nonstop action due to 24-7 necessities. That's why I recommend whenever you get a chance to sit down and relax, drink an ice cold beer that's literally made to chill, and that beer is Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what game is on this holiday season, whatever sport it is, this is your time to sit back and relax. Watching football is therapeutic for the mind, for the feet, for the body, and it's a good excuse to go ahead and drink a beer. And with the cold lager, cold filtered, cold pressed beer from the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, your beer will be made to chill. It's Blue Mountains show that it's as cold as the Rockies, and it shows you that you will have a refreshing drink every single time you take a sip. I know Coors Light is a beer I always go to because of those Blue Mountains are a sign that say, hey, no matter what's going on in your day, things are about to get better. Coors Light is the beer I choose when I want to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, go grab an ice cold Coors Light because it's literally made to chill. 
Get Coors Light in the new delivered straight to your door system at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things sex A&M. Guys, we get your opinion on something. We love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams. If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to help you win your fantasy sports leagues. I know that fantasy football is coming down to an end. Go ahead and get your views on what you need. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. First question up from Gator Chomp. Is there a possibility where A&M would actually get into the college football playoff over Florida? No, there isn't. Um, in my opinion, there isn't. I don't see A&M getting into the college football playoff because of what is going to happen with the upcoming rankings. We see time and time again, ratings are saying... We want Ohio State in those Final Four. Whether they're 5-0, whether they're 1-0, whether they don't play a game, we want them in the Final Four, and they're deserving of it, even if they're not. But I don't see a way where A&M can get in, because here's why. When you flip it, you don't have that game in favor of the Aggies. If Florida were to beat Alabama, if Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts go out there and they have a great game and Marco Wilson has a great game in coverage and the team looks phenomenal across the board, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, if they win, Florida has to be in. And that means that Ohio State has to be out. Because at that point, you can argue they played an entire season. They had their season completely you know, rearranged. They still won their games and they won the conference title. Alabama's one loss is in the conference title. They're 10-0. So you have three teams now with one losses, potentially four if Notre Dame loses to Clemson. They all finish their seasons. And we're already saying that the ACC is likely going to have two teams in because Notre Dame is part of the ACC this year. So if Florida were to win... They're in the college football playoff conversation, in my opinion. They have to be. But Alabama, you can't have them ranked number one almost all season long, be the number two team. They put up great points, and then they blow it in one game in the conference championship where they just kind of feel like they've already decided that they're good. They're set. They're able to go. A&M doesn't have that legacy. They don't have that leisure. They have to hope that Northwestern can upset Ohio State, that Clemson can upset Notre Dame, that Florida gets their butts whooped by Alabama. All that has to happen, and then A&M is number four. At that point, A&M is number four. Or, Notre Dame beats Clemson significantly, and I mean significantly. Not like a, oh, they won by, you know, a touchdown. They win by like 20. And I'll tell you that happening. But they win by like 20, 25 points. After that, I think Clemson maybe could be out of the conversation. Because of then it is Notre Dame is a better team. With or without Trevor Lawrence. Not, But it, ha- it can't be close. That's the biggest thing. Florida would lose. Their two losses, they're out. A&M wins. They finish out the year, you know, 8-1. and one. They're a one-loss team. And you have a one-loss 
five and zero, oh, five and one. My bad. Ohio State team. You're not gonna put them in. I wouldn't at least. So yeah, the only way I see this happening is Florida. If Florida wins, Florida's in. They're in over A and M because they have that extra game to show the committee and to show everyone why they are deserving of it. Next question from Gigum24. Do you think that Haynes King can have a Kyle Trask resurgence in 2021? I think he could be good. I mean, again, we don't know who the starter is going to be in 2021. It could be Zach Calzada over Haynes King. Now, on the depth chart right now, it depends on it has it listed as uh, Zach Calzada as one, and on the flip side, or Haynes King. So both of them are getting second team reps, if you get what I'm saying. And, and this happens a lot in college football. When you look at depth charts, they'll put in or a lot. It doesn't mean that they're the starter or they're really switching out. It just means that there's multiple options and they don't want to guarantee who's going to be that first guy in. That's all it is. So maybe in that sense they could. But I look at instead on the flip side with, you know, how Kyle Trask came to be. It was really sound play calling. It was really good play calling from Dan Mullen and the Florida offense. The last two years, if we're really being honest. I feel like King will have a safety net in Jalen Weidemeyer. I feel like Baylor Cup, if he comes back healthy, still can be a productive tight end. I feel like you throw in a name such as Chase Lane, if he continues to develop, good build. Demond Demas, hopefully he does not transfer because he didn't play it all this year. If he stays, yeah, I think that's a big positive for AM. And there you have your Kadarius Tony, your um, I'm blanking on the other kid's name, your your Kyle Pitts. You have players. I just think that next year's not the year. I think in two years it's the year. So Baylor Cup, Demond Demas, and King playing your Kadarius Tony, your Kyle Trask, and your Kyle Pitts role, maybe that makes sense. But next year, I think it's going to be all about the run game. I really do. Just There's something about when you watch A&M's film this year. They're going to rely heavily on the run. Maybe it's because they don't trust Calzada. Maybe it's because they're so afraid that King's inexperience is going to cost them. But the way the run game is, it just feels like there's something so special about it. And you're getting all three guys back next year. The biggest question is, can you replace that offensive line? Because I think that you're going to lose for sure. You will for sure lose three starters. You maybe will lose four with Ken Young Green being the better and coming back. That's a little worrisome for me. I, I, I'll give me that. I'll give it that one. Uh, this next one comes from Bailey Cooper. Rank the A&M running backs on value today. Uh, number three would be Devon Shane. I think that for sure. Listen, he's he's one-dimensional and he's a freshman. And he will see the most significant least amount of carries. But he does make an impact in his role. So I like him. But the other two are more prominent. And they are more prominent for a reason. I'm going to go two with Isaiah Spiller. I like Spiller. Spiller is fantastic. Spiller has been nothing but so effective for the team. But I love versatility. And that's what Anaya Smith is. Smith can play your Z position. He can play your slot. He can play a flanker role. He can play 
Um, he can play an offset running back. He can really play your H-back if you want him to. He can play your tailback. He can do a little bit of everything. His speed allows him to be effective on pitches, on uh, on options. It allows him to be effective as a you know as a swing route pa- pass catcher, as a guy who's running slants or you know or zit or zag routes. It allows him to be effective that way. So yes, Spiller is super important to this team, and there's no denying that. But I feel like Smith's versatility, one will get NFL scouts a little bit more interested in someone like him over a guy like Spiller. Because if you're starting to see these players, Austin Ecklers, the Alvin Kamaras, the uh, even Taysom Hills, more you do, more value you bring. But two, it allows him to open up op- options and plays for other opponents. So there could be plays where you do see all three running backs on the field at one time. There could be plays where you see Smith and Oshane on the field. There could be plays where you see Smith and Spiller on the field. I'm not sure you can say, oh, well, Spiller playing that wide receiver role and Smith in the backfield, it doesn't. It works the other way around. And that's why I do think that this is where Smith brings in. Coming up on the Monday edition of Locked on Aggies, I'm going to be breaking down all other games in the SEC. Here's why. Because of with A&M not playing this upcoming weekend, you're going to be able to start to see where they truly rank among the teams in the SEC. I want to see how Florida prepares against the likes of LSU. I want to see how LSU finishes the season. And I really want to see also if AM, looking at the way the roster is built now, could they defeat a team like Alabama? Because let's just remember, Arkansas's defense is one not to mess with. Make sure you tune in on Monday to listen to all things 12th Man related content found here wherever you get your podcast devices. All right, let me set the scene for you real fast. It's a late night. You went out. You watched the football game. You want to stay up late. Went to overtime. Now you got to wake up the next day. And sometimes it's really hard for you to break through your mental or physical wall. That's why I recommend every single time you have to do that, go get through your day by starting off with Bilko. Bilko is just like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's actually better for your body. And it comes in three different delicious flavors, including peanut butter honey, coconut chocolate, and chocolate mint, making it a delicious treat and something new every single day. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein. Now, everyone who knows what collagen protein is, is it's fast-absorbing, so it gets into your system a lot quicker. Plus, it's easier on the stomach than those little bit of acid drinks like a Red Bull or a Monster Energy. Plus, Bilko is loaded with the good stuff to ignite a workout. Beta-alanine, uh, B3, honey, a kick of caffeine. Plus, they have B6 and B12 vitamins up to 10,000% of your daily percentage. Plus, if you didn't know this, collagen protein helps you promote soft, soft tissue, joint hair, and skin health. So the stuff even makes you look better. So someone like me really needs it. Go visit BillCo.com and use the promo code LOCK to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK for 20% off at BillCo.com. Stop coming up with an excuse and break through your wall every single day with BillCo. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast systems. iTunes, Spotify, or visit us at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you're a fan of this podcast, I'm sure you'd be a fan of the Locked on NFL podcast. Make sure you listen every Friday as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by a site expert from someone from the Action Network. Get your full weekend preview, your pick six picks of winning bets every Friday on Locked on NFL. Subscribe on Lockdown NFL, wherever you get your podcasting. Couple more questions. This one comes from Marta Morgan. 
She asked, who is the most improved team in the SEC for A&M to watch out for next year? I'm going to go with Arkansas. I think if if they keep Kendall Bryles and they're able to keep Barry Odom, that's a big thing. If they can keep Barry Odom, Odom is very good at recruiting. Odom's always been very good at recruiting. And you saw it this year. It was the same, I think it was nine or ten of the same starters from the Razorbacks from last year. Same defense. They went from being the second worst to, on average, the best week in and week out. Odom can recruit. Odom can bring guys in. And the biggest thing is, when you replace a whole defense, you're also going to be able to offer them something that maybe a couple of other teams can't. Starting reps as a freshman. doesn't mean you're going to start the entire season, but what it means is you can be someone who builds your career early because of this. Sam Pittman has done a fantastic job. I know he's not going to finish above 500, but I would give him coach of the year. They haven't won a game in the SEC in the last two years. How can you not at least consider him as the front runner for the position? That is who I think is the biggest threat for AM in 2021 of these teams that are, you know, starting to develop. Last question of the day comes from Ags Martin365. He asks, let's be real for a second. Did the SEC get it right by canceling this game? For the safety of the students, yes, because unfortunately, Texas is also a very big spike state. And I understand where they're coming from. But what I would have done is I would have tried to reschedule some games. Now, there, there is a possible rumor that this could be the end of the SEC season. There could be done, and AM just finishes 7-1. and one, Which, good for them, because they would only have one loss in the year, and it actually boosts their resume, because they're not really going to have competitive games against either Tennessee or Ole Miss. But the biggest thing is, with the holidays coming around the season... The last thing you want to do is have these players go home and affect more of their family members if one of them were to test positive and just be asymptomatic. So I understand where the SEC comes from with this. It just is a very, very rough look for this team. Because again, all I wanted to see was what the apparently playoff committee was trying to see. And that's straight up, oh, well, their AM's good, but their offense is up to par. This would have been a game that their offense would have been 100% up to par. And if not, then at least they would have an argument to why Ohio State was number four in the country and AM was number five. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following the podcast here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back on Monday talking all things about the SEC. Unless there is an announcement you may hear from me sooner, there is a possible rumor that the SEC season could be ending. We'll discuss all that and more come Monday. We'll see you then. And remember, keep me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.